Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. That was nice. All right, the first thing we need everyone to do is hop straight up. All right, because if you're here to come and sit down and just hear me blubber on, I'm not interested in doing that. You're here to have your lives changed, right? Okay, so week five of faith and by now I hope you have a good idea of what faith is so turn to the person next to you and try and give them a good definition of what faith is that would be great okay that should be long enough um take a seat please now <laughs> Sorry, everyone. The first now I've got your attention. So, the first thing I want to look at is just clearing up. We got so we got belief, a faith, and trust. And the first thing I want to do is clear up the differences between these things because you can kind of just use them as the same word. So, like earlier this week, I was away. I was down in Melbourne, and Shakes was going to pick me up from the airport, right? And so I was getting on the. I changed the day, but hypothetically, you were picking me up from the airport, and so I got on the plane and. Um, like I had faith that Jetstar's flights were going to be on time, but I knew they weren't. But I believed it, had faith they weren't. But I had uh, faith that Shakes could have picked me up, and I believed that, and I trusted him. So I can use those three words all together. But what I want to say is in the Bible, they're actually a little bit different. So let's pull up the definitions. Okay, so we've got belief, uh, an acceptance that something exists or is true. Uh, and faith, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So it's a acceptance that something is true and complete trust feels uh, a little bit different. And the thing about these, I've got the, they're both nouns, so that's good to know. That's going to be crucial, actually. So nouns, English lesson, something you can identify, they are of substance. Okay, so belief is from the mind and the heart. Faith is from the soul. Belief is intellectual and passionate. Faith is from spiritual conviction. Belief is mental and emotional agreement, but faith is holistic understanding, and which is what I've titled the message, um, is holistic faith. Okay, I'm going to hit you with some, uh, some quotes. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. C.S. Lewis says this, Faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. Alistair McGrath says, faith is not something that goes against the evidence, it goes beyond it. So more than mental acceptance. The evidence is saying to us, there is another contrary, there is something beyond mere reason. And finally, the best one, Fritz Marty, the word faith can point at a reality much deeper than belief, a reality in the face of which any belief, no matter how solidly tested, appears hollow. Paul's kind of saying here that faith is belief from the soul in the unknown. It's not just a mental um, and emotional acceptance. It's, it's your whole being commits to this cause. It's sureness in God's character that he's sovereign and powerful and good and just, even not when you're not able to see that fully. It's a heart and a soul understanding and conviction of his goodness. And now, comparably, trust. Trust can be a noun, which is good, but it's also a verb, and that's kind of what the Bible is saying when it's using trust. It's using trust as a verb. Belief I believe in the reliability, truth, or ability. Or if it's something you do, it's active, it's exercising your faith. So trust is the demonstration of your faith by relying on God. You can't Trust comes from faith. You can't have faith after trust. You need trust first. 
so like we were in Japan the other day and, and this guy, he, I wasn't into seafood and the Japanese, they love seafood and naturally. And so we, Josh takes us to this sushi restaurant and I wasn't, I've never had seafood in my life, right? And so he put, the, he starts bringing out all these plates and putting them in front of me and, and you know, he's saying, the sushi's great, it tastes great. And I'm looking at him like he's eating these weird things and I was like, uh, I don't know. So I believed that he was, you know, the sushi was good and, and, and I had faith, but it wasn't until I ate the stuff that I demonstrated my trust in that statement. And it was good on the other side, like it is with God. I play uh, hockey, field hockey, and basically every year what happens is we end the season and I think I'm a hero in the off-season, don't do anything, and then we come back about this time and um, I'll just hit the field straight away and just think I'm the same as I was in the previous October. Never goes uh, my way because I try to run before I walk. It doesn't work. We need to walk first. And so the question is, how do we authentically and completely trust God unless, it, like, unless we have our faith sorted first? And that's why this challenge is called growing in faith, not trust, because until we got the faith sorted, we can't trust him. And when we can't trust him, we can't surrender to him and we can't be transformed by him. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 uh, says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind. Um, the word heart here's people are like, oh, you know, pierce the heart like it's deep, deep, but heart's more emotion in this context, whereas soul, the reason soul's in there is because soul is describing your very being, like your spiritual presence itself. So faith, faith and love are interchangeable. They, they go hand in hand. Um, it encompasses the heart, the soul, and the mind. Great, it's highlighted for you. Um, Will loves PDH, and if you've done Year 10 PDH, you'll know about the dimensions of health. And, you know, my teacher Ponto used to talk about this all the time, and you've got um, these dimensions of health. And it's like spiritual, emotional, all that stuff. And you can't be well or healthy unless you've got them all in balance. You could be really physically fit, but you could have, you know, no friends, and that's not great. So you need to have all these elements balanced out. And it's the same with faith. Um, you need to have the heart, the mind, the soul. You need to have it all together equals faith. You can't just, you could be, I could, t- like, you could t- tell me all day about how good God is, but unless you're experiencing him in the soul, what point is that? You're not, f- you don't have the faith. You just have, you know, a good intellect about God, which is good, but we need them all together. And without them all in balance or together, we can't trust him. And again, if we can't trust him, we're not surrendering, we can't be transformed, which is key. So question is how do we grow in faith so faith is this holistic understanding of who god is what we're really saying when how do we grow in faith is how do we grow in our holistic understanding of who god is if people people say to me you know oh you know i'm lacking i've got a friend he's like oh i'm lacking faith at the moment you know it's like what he's actually saying is i'm lacking a whole understanding he can like i have times where you know i i know that god is good but I don't always believe that in my soul and heart, you know. And it's okay to have those thoughts because this, this world is broken and, and disobedience um, to God introduced sin and, and it introduced all these thoughts. And so we can no longer perfectly maintain complete confidence and understanding in God's character. When Jesus came down, he, he had that perfect faith and, and that changes everything, but we'll get to that a bit later. 
going on to we're going to look at an Old Testament character. Someone uh, he's a great character. You know, he's my favourite probably. He's esteemed for their faith, although it was it was uh, rocky at the time. If you read the Bible and read this story, it was rocky. Um, he had their doubts and, and, and fears, but there's someone who grew in their faith and someone who came to have a, a holistic understanding uh, of their faith. And I know that's very vague, so does anyone want to have a guess at who it is? Is it on the screen? Oh, you got me. Okay, Exodus 14, 10, 12. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us bring, by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. This is great. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Uh, goes on a little more. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night long, the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. Well, that's great. Good story. Pretty impressive. What I want to look at is 13 and 14. And so everyone's heard of this passage, right? Um, the Red Sea, it's great. And if you don't know what the, the context is, basically these guys, the Israelites, um, they, were, they were in their area and, um, you know, the one of the sons, was one of the, the brothers was thrown into a well and then, long story short, he ended up running Egypt um, and then he died. Um, meanwhile, all his family came. He died. New Pharaoh came in. Sorry, the Pharaoh died. New Pharaoh came in. They didn't really care about the Israelites. And then they were just put into slavery for an extremely long time. And then God calls Moses uh, eventually. And he says, he sees, he hears his people, uh, God hears his people crying. And he calls Moses. And, and Moses um, is the one to lead them out of Egypt. He does a bunch of signs and wonders in front of uh, Pharaoh and Pharaoh is very indecisive and he's like, okay, you can go now. And then shortly after, he's like, actually, no, I changed my mind. Go get them. And then so they're on the run and they're stuck at this Red Sea and they're cornered. They're getting cornered in by this massive army. These are a bunch of guys who have no idea what's going on. And um, you can imagine how these guys are feeling. You know, scared, probably angry. They're a bit angry at Moses, distressed, hopeless. They think slavery was a better option than this. Um, they were surrounded. And so often we, we can be surrounded by our fears and troubles. Maybe not an Egyptian army, but, you know, the metaphor exists and, and we can be surrounded by our fears and doubts and, and insecurities. And so Moses says um, three good things here. He, he The three R's, we'll call them. Look, three R's, yeah. Number one. He says, do not be afraid. And so what Moses is saying here is respond. Do not be afraid. You know, it's, it, it, that, 
there was always that friend of mine who, you know, you'd, you'd tell him something and he'd be like, oh, don't worry. It's okay. Don't be afraid. It's like, what use is that, right? Not being afraid is embracing your own fear and, and, and then trusting in God's promise. God says 365 times in the Bible, fear not. And it, he's not saying fear not like my friend who would just be like, oh, don't worry. He's not saying cease fearing. He's saying it's not, a, it's not a command to overcome emotion, but it's an invitation to keep moving in your difficulty and in your storm. He's not ignoring your emotions. Not, he's not leaving you. Paul says no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He will never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. And so not being afraid means taking little steps, even in the doubt. It's responding to your adversity and, and focusing on God and taking the next step. It's making a move um, in the storm. Yeah, Hebrews 11.27 says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This is talking about Moses when he left um, into, to flee to Midian. And it kind of sounds like he's, it's fleeing um, Egypt to go to the Red Sea, but this is actually talking about when he goes to Midian. Moses was scared then. He was very scared. And then you read the, the, the text and he was very scared. But the writer of Hebrews says, not fearing the king's anger. But if you read Exodus, he's very scared. He flees in fear. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Moses was fearful and he took a step of faith in that. And years later, it was credited to him as, righteous, as righteousness and, and, and faith. Moses' first tip to growing your faith is to take the next step forward. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's not asking you to plough through the unknown. We, we were in skiing, and I was with my friend Eli, and he, we, I mean, I had never snowboarded, right? And so I was worried. But we ended up in this blizzard, and we lost the, the other boys, and we were in this blizzard at the top of this random mountain. We couldn't, I couldn't see that far. It was probably that far as what I could see. It's my third day of snowboarding. I was like, uh, bit scared. Pretend that I wasn't. God's not asking you to just go out into the, the, the storm and the mist over there. He's just asking you to take the next step in front of you. Yeah. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. He's not asking you to look all the way down there. I can't do it anyway because my vision is terrible. Right, he's just asking, but I can see here. I can see just in front of me, and so I can take that next step. Number two uh, of the three R's, remain. Moses says, stand firm. Standing firm means to refuse or, or refuse change um, or refuse change to a decision or, or position. George Muller says this, to learn strong faith is to endure great trials. I've learned my faith by standing firm amid severe testings. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Love and faith, hand in hand. Remaining steadfast in conviction despite attacks or efforts to persuade you is what standing firm looks like. It's having courage and strength when you're surrounded by your battles. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. That is significant. The, the enemy and what he's doing in the spiritual realm in your life is so active. It's just as active as what you're seeing now. You don't have to acknowledge that, but it is. Um, 
and everyone, we're all going through that. Everyone here is involved in a spiritual battle as well as a secular battle, right? And we're all going through it. The family of believers is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So we've got to put up our barrier against the enemy and what he's doing and what he's planning in the spiritual realm. As much as we have to be safe when we are roaming the streets in foreign countries, we have to be safe to the enemy's attack on us because he will come and he will attack you. Don't let his voice rule in the storm. It's easy to just listen to what the enemy's saying and, and take that as, as gospel and, and believe that because it's what seems right, but it's actually not. That's the whole point of temptation. Doesn't It seems right, but it's not. Um refuse to believe his lies about God's character yeah, and submit to the unbelief and doubt he introduces into your mind. You've got to refuse that. Refuse to change. When he says something, you just refuse. Just, you don't need to walk the other way, but just stay there. Stand firm. Refuse to change position. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Hmm. You've got to hold on to the firm foundations of your spirituality and, and, and look back at what God has done and just use that as some sort of inspiration to just stay there because shortly God is coming and, and you will see God moving. When you stand firm, it also looks like you're surrounding you know, yourself with other believers. So coming to church, you may not like coming to church one day, maybe, oh, I don't want to go to church this one day, but if you come and you're with other believers, there's coin and air here, there's community, and that breaks down the walls of the enemy. Number three over the three R's is rest. Be still, okay? Be still, he says. Psalm 46.10, this one's a classic. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, this is Old Testament uh, Psalms and written by David. Be still, the Hebrew word for well, be still is, is rapper, right? It means to sink down, let drop, slacken, stop striving. Again, it comes from this, uh, like, this metaphor of two people fighting. Um, and it's only once one person drops their weapons that they're rapper, that they're still, okay? It's not, about, it's not an invitation to be silent. It's not about being quiet, okay? It's about ceasing activity, letting go, surrendering the challenges in our lives to, to what God wants to do, releasing control. It means it's ceasing trying to manipulate the way, the timing, and the outcome of obstacles in our life. And instead, sit back and let our almighty God intercede. You know, like I'm looking for more and more work currently, and I could, I could have a plan to, to okay, um, I want to, you know, meet this person. I want to work for this company. I can do whatever it takes to get there. But I'm manipulating the outcomes of, of my life. And even, especially when it's a struggle, I'm seeing that as a struggle. And I'm trying to manipulate my way to get there. I want to time it right. You know, I want to do this and this. I want to go places. And I'm trying to time this all right. You just need to cease, just stop for a second and just be still in the presence of God. Another writer says this, there is, a greater, there is greater rest and solace to be found in the presence of God for one hour than an eternity of the presence of man. So Moses gives us these three steps on how to grow in faith, respond, remain, rest. And you know, Moses is like, he's like the Harvard of, of biblical teachers in the Bible. You know, he's, he's like the Harvard, so... Yeah, we're not going to name names in the Bible of who isn't the Harvard. But, you know, might like I like to know who's teaching me, right? And maybe you're in that boat. We often question who, you know, what authority Moses has. Why is he qualified? To t- why should we listen to Moses, right? What makes him a reliable source? It's because he possesses the faith we're called to have. He's got the idealistic faith. And it's not, it's not the f- perfect faith. It's, it's, it's what God calls us to have. And it's more importantly because of his holistic faith. And because he trusts in God, he takes his holistic faith and then he trusts in God. He exercises his faith. 
in this moment uh, of adversity that Moses has at the Red Sea, he, he has knowledge of the goodness of God in his heart, in his head, and in his soul. He's got it all. You know, he says, you will see the deliverance of the Lord today. The Lord will fight for you. He has assurance in the promises of God. And it's not just he's saying that. Sure, you could argue that that's just mine. But read the text. He's got it all. He's got the holistic faith. He isn't absent of fear. The Egyptians are, are closing in. In fact, he cries out to God, but he takes the next step. He's removed of doubt, but he stands in his faith firm. He isn't completely peaceful. He's being bombarded with the complaints of, of the Israelites and, and you know his position of leadership is being questioned by his people, he, but he seeks the presence of God in that. Despite his situation, he has faith. He's, he has an understanding in his head, in his heart, and in his soul of God's goodness. And so watch what happens. Verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Key part in that is Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Oh, he did something. He did what God says. He raised up the staff and he trusted in God. And like, you know, if, if God said to me, you know, raise the thing up and it would split, it's like you'd be questioning it, right? Like the Red Sea, it's massive, the Red Sea. I should have got a photo of it. Um, but he just trusts what God does because of his holistic faith. He does something bold. And even in the, the situation that looked like it had no good solution and, and it was extremely difficult because of his faith, he trusted and he made the move um, and he moved from faith to trust, which is what we're all trying to do, right? Move from faith to trust. And then when he does trust God, what he splits the sea. Um, and remember, Moses didn't always have this kind of faith. You look back um, a bit and he's the guy who says, um, quote, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? He's, he's talking to God. And he's like, Lord, please send anyone else um, in Exodus 4 when God's like, go talk to Pharaoh. He's, he, he questions God. He's like, surely there's someone else. But what's changed since then? Because now he doesn't question it. He's a little sceptical, but he just does it anyway. He, does, he, he makes a bold move. And so what's changed? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That is basically what I'm saying. That's basically what I'm going to say. So you've stumped me there. When he witnesses the power of God, he's changed. He's driven to faith. So here they've just come from Egypt, and Moses has just seen all these plagues occur. And you know, he was when he was there's this burning bush story, and he's looking at the burning bush, and he hears God's voice. He hears and he sees the very power of God. Burning bush. Yeah, he heard God's voice. He's been in His presence. He's witnessed His power. And th- th- this is the whole Bible story. It's people. It's people witnessing the power of God and and doing crazy things. And not not crazy people, but people who were esteemed for their faith in hindsight because of the faith steps they took previously. Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Joshua, David, Job, Isaiah, you could just name them all. Jonah's a good one. Um, you could talk about all of them. They're all people who are like hearing from God and because they've witnessed and experienced the power of God, they've grown in their faith and they've taken a step. And so God splits the sea and it's great. And, and here's what the Israelites say. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. So it's the exact same thing, right? The sea is split. The Israelites see the power of God. They see, literally, quote, the mighty power of the Lord. His power was revealed to them firsthand. And, and they became aware of his authority and sovereignty and saw his glory. And like, they literally encountered the, the presence of God. I wish I could see the presence of God up here, right here. It would be amazing. They see it firsthand. And the, the writer says they were filled with awe before him. They were incomprehensibly and indescribably overcome with wonder and, and just marvel at, at God's goodness. 
And the climax, the, the key point is this, is because of that, they put their faith in the Lord and his servant Moses. They put their trust in the Lord. Their faith increased when they saw his power. And it goes the same for us. Your faith and our faith increases when we see the power of God. Okay, their understanding of God was increased. Their heart, mind, and soul knowledge was increased when they witnessed the power of God. They were in awe towards him. They weren't, you know, oh, yeah, God's good. I, can, I think that. And, you know, I love God now emotionally. But they were in awe. Their whole being was just in adoration of, of God. And in the same way, when we, it's the same thing. When we experience the power of God here, our, our, our understanding of God is elevated. Mind, heart, soul, it's all elevated when we encounter the presence of God. And when that happens, when we grow in faith, comes trust, comes surrender, comes transformation. And transformation is what we need. Now, this is great, though. The Israelites were filled with faith. Okay, this is awesome. But their faith, it didn't last long. So <laughs> Exodus fifteen twenty-two to 24. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out to the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. All right, common question. So three days. It took them three days. Imagine if you... I can't get over this. Imagine if you saw the Red Sea split, and then three days later, you were like, oh, no. Like, you can't... It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, they complained and they turned against him. They weren't just questioning him. They turned against him. What are we going to drink, they demanded. Their faith increased for a period, three days, and then it faded. And, you know, maybe you feel like this. Maybe three days or over a longer period. But we have seasons of faith. And so you can ask yourself, you know, how's your faith? Are are you in a good season of faith or or a low season of faith? Because the Israelites' faith was temporal, and they're, they're just people like we are. And they experienced God's power, and they grew in faith. And so the key here, what I'm trying to get at, is growing in faith is not about increasing the size of your faith. It's not about magnitude. You know, how can we attempt to multiply our faith if we can't get to the benchmark that we were supposed to get to? All right, so I've got this, um, you know, the faith school, we're calling it, okay? So anyone like maths? Two, couple bit here. Yeah, maths? All right, anyway, does anyone like a mathematician in the room? Because this is... Well, lucky I did extension math. So basically... What we've got here is we've got the faith or the faith function, okay? So this is absolute no faith. This is one, the benchmark, okay? And then we've got infinite faith, which is Jesus. So it looks a little scary, but we're somewhere in here, okay? This is what we were supposed to have, and this is just like nothing, and then we're in here. And what we're all going to do is all going to come up and put where we are on the net. What I've got is I've got this calculator, right? So anyone want to do the honours? Yeah, I need to run some numbers. Gavos? Gavos is great. Okay, so if we're in here, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Um, pick a, rank your faith, Gavos. No, I'm kidding, just pick a random number between one and zero. One and zero. Zero point eight. Okay. And what do you want to multiply your faith by? Just choose five. Okay, yeah. Start with five. 
multiply your faith by what it actually is, what do you get? Five times zero point five. Put it in the. That's why I gave you the calculator. He's <laughs> just looking at me trying to do it. I, that's why I brought that. Two point five, right? So we started at five. We tried to multiply, but we went to two point five, right? This is all I could come up with for for an image for this. But basically, what I'm saying is, if you try and multiply your faith, you're just going to go backwards, right? If you try and multiply and get bigger, you don't get anywhere. You actually go backwards. No one has perfect faith. No one gets to that one. So any attempt to go above it, above it, we just go backwards. Growing in faith is not multiplying above the one, but just getting above, but you know, close to one if we can. And so how do we do that? Yeah, the, the Israelites had had this temporal faith, and and they lost it when they didn't see God's power. So what we're actually looking for is living faith. Okay, that's what we're going to call it. A.W. Tozer says his faith, as Paul saw it was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. Martin Luther, faith is a living and unshakable confidence, a belief in the grace of God so assured that a man would die a thousand deaths for its sake. We need faith sourced from the power of God itself. Growing in faith means moving from belief to faith, but it's not just faith because faith is temporal. We need living faith which lasts, which endures. We need something that's constantly connected to the presence of God itself. And it's sad for the Israelites because they took three days, but, you know, lucky for us, we have Jesus. And so Jesus was someone who is, was in perfect alignment with God's will. He had complete faith in the Father. He was at the infinite on the faith function. And he was wholly aware of God's goodness. And because of that, when he died on the cross, summary is he was a worthy sacrifice to atone for our sin. That means we can be in relationship with God again. We can be connected to the presence of God again because of the Holy Spirit who he sent. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The literal, it's the literal presence of God within us. Okay, It's a supply of life and of living faith right within us. Faith is given to us by God in his love and his grace. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, cannot, this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. So God's love, he gives it to us because he loves us, not by works so that no one can boast. Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. We're not perfecting our faith, Jesus is. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is through you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Luke 17, 5, this one's good. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Faith is the instrument of, of our salvation. When we believe that Jesus is our saviour and we sur- surrender to him, so mind and heart knowledge, we, we, we are then entering into this process of transformation because we believe. The Bible says if you believe, you'll be saved. So as soon as you believe, you enter into this a transformation process. And through that, we get the Holy Spirit and it's complete. We get that third component of the faith diagram we had thing earlier. Okay, And we gain that soul. Yeah, we gain that soul understanding of the goodness in God, of God. And so to grow in faith is not move. It's moving from this initial faith which the Israelites have, but to something that's consistent, something that's living, something that's that's moving within you. It's something that's you're consistently experiencing the power of God. That's what it is, really. And again, because of Jesus, because of, because Jesus died, it lets us into this relationship, and so we have this third element into us because of God's grace. You know, we I heard a speaker once at Hillsong Conference. He said, "We don't need large faith. We need enduring faith." And he and he quoted this. 
because you, uh, Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And the way to, to get that faith, because it's not about the largest, as soon as we have that third component, no matter how big our faith is, we can be, we can be anywhere on that scale, but as soon as we have that soul element, we can do anything. That's what it's saying here. When we believe and surrender uh, to the power of God, we receive uh, this living faith in God. And it does, yeah, one thing to point out is it doesn't just make Moses' tips irrelevant. Okay, Matthew five seventeen, Jesus says this, Don't suppose for a minute that I have come to demolish the Scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish but to complete. When we have the Holy Spirit within us, we actually have greater strength and ability to, to do what Moses suggests. He doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't mark his, Moses' tips as irrelevant. He fulfills them. And so, conclusion is, there's a summary, if you want to read through that. Belief is mental and heart, so intellectual and emotional acceptance of God's character. But faith, when we talk about faith, it's a holistic understanding. To grow in faith is to grow in that holistic understanding, elevate your understanding of God, mind, heart, but most importantly, soul. In hardship, Moses suggests we should respond, remain, rest. And faith grows, this is key, faith grows when we experience the power of God. We saw that through what happened to the Israelites at the Red Sea. But to grow in our faith, we need a living faith. Not a temporal one, a living one. Faith that endures. Okay? And this is possible because of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit that he sent because of his sacrifice. We get that spirit within our souls and we get the third element. And so I would love for the band to come up now. And so I was thinking about this. Growing in faith is a constant, a constant, constant uh, battle, right? And so you could be thinking, oh, my faith is good. If you want a, a greater holistic understanding of God, if you want a greater faith, you need the third element. And you can't provide the third element yourself. You need God. You need the Holy Spirit. And so just think to yourself, do you need to grow in faith? Or do you want to grow in faith? Is your understanding fractured? Are you missing components? Do you need the third component? Yeah, are you in fear? Do you need faith to respond to challenges in your life that you're facing at the moment? Whether you're doubting and you need the courage to, to hold whole position and just and just wait it out a bit to stand firm and in a you know rapidly evolving life. Maybe you're tired, you're burnt out, weary, drained, you've lost your passion and fire for God, and you need a soul restoration. Okay, you need to be still in the presence of God. Or maybe you've never experienced power of God and you want it for the first time. Or maybe you're at the other end of that and your faith is through the roof, apparently. And you just want to keep chasing after God. And that's great as well. And so just think I don't know, don't put yourself on the faith function, but just think to yourself, do I wanna do I wanna do I want to, do I need to grow in faith tonight? Do you want faith that endures? And then we're gonna take a step of faith because we've got to practice what we're teaching, right? And so if you're someone who wants faith, and not just today, but always, and, and you're someone who wants to just grow in faith, whether that's from zero to zero point one or 0.9 to 1, wherever you are, if you just want more of God, can you stand up? And that's a step of faith. And even if you have never taken a step of faith, that is amazing. 
um, we all need the Holy Spirit. We all need the power of God in our lives. We need to be plugged into the fountain of life that the Holy Spirit is. We need our whole understanding to be complete, and we can only do that through you, our Jesus. It's what we were designed for. Um, so we're just going to sing a song and then just declare to the Lord that you are taking a step of faith today and maybe you can even talk to the people around you and just say, you know, where do, where do I need to, um, you, know, you know, not be afraid and, and be still? Where do I need to do these things and, and just the areas of your life that you need or want faith in? Um, maybe you could share that to the people around you. You don't have to. Um, but take a step of faith. Yeah, invite and just pray together. Just pray together. Pray for faith. Pray to get the third element. Increase your awareness of the third element of the soul. Invite the Holy Spirit to do that tonight. Maybe the Lord would fill you with the awe and wonder that, that He filled those Israelites with when, when they saw the power of God. Because we're going to see the power of God right now. And then uh, I'll come back in a bit and, and pray over that. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.